doing justin uh hanging in there it's been a hectic uh hectic couple days but i'm hanging in how are you i'm doing well you know it's been that's a, good it's been a very hectic day as well very busy but you know just hanging in there that's good my friend that's good all right let me give you a proper introduction so ladies all and gentlemen right. welcome to the people's choice podcast here for episode 17 i'm here with the hardcore icon former ecw world champion former eight-time hardcore champion, two-time ECW tag team champion. I mean, I can go on and on. <laughs> truly a legend, truly honored to have you, Justin Credible. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here, man. So what's what's the what's the weather looking like in Waterbury? Because a lot of my peeps and audience know that's where I'm from, too, as well. Waterbury oh, wow. Oh, right on. Uh, it's cold, man. It's cold. Ooh. surprisingly yeah it was windy and cold today but uh hopefully it's, it seems to be getting a little warmer so uh spring's right around the corner awesome well, i'm glad to hear that see i yeah I lived there from the time i was like 12 well born there then lived there about 12 12 and a half then moved to north carolina and been here oh wow months, so oh nice nice whereabouts in waterbury did you live uh lhp long hill projects uh yeah yep, lyman okay. street uh where else i move i was lived in eastern avenue for a little bit that was all okay. over nice very cool <laughs> so when we're gonna get started um let's start with your uh professional wrestling career of course so uh when did you know you wanted to be a professional wrestler i i i knew pretty early uh my, what really captured my imagination as a kid i was probably around 12 years old funny enough uh and i started watching um the wwf and it was when hulk hogan beat the iron Sheik for his first wwf title um and like the start of hulkamania that's when i kind of was like wow because i'd never seen stuff like that before you know as a kid um and wrestling really started to become a big thing so uh yeah from that moment on i was like i was hooked you know watching the first wrestlemania and and stuff like that you know was just uh yeah i started you know becoming obsessed with it you know that's awesome and you went and trained with the uh, Hearts in the Hearts yes. um, Dungeon in Canada. Well, you yep. mostly trained with Lance Storm. What was that like? Um, it was it was uh, it was rough. I mean, the training itself was rough. And I went there when I was eighteen. I graduated from Holy Cross High School, as a matter of fact. Yeah, cool. um, yeah up here in Waterbury. And um, so, I mean, I was a kid. I was working at Stop and Shop grocery stores, bagging groceries, saving money to go to the hearts and um i missed you know go yeah (laughs) they don't have one down here in north carolina (laughs) yeah i know i know (laughs) um but just you know being you know going from waterbury um never really being uh anywhere at that time in my life by myself nonetheless traveling to canada and all the way out you know all the way to the western side of, of the world um was scary you know it was scary um first time away from my family but um you know it was it was cool i mean it was a wonderful experience and i I really uh damn i had to pay my dues up there you know they trained us really hard worked us really hard and um but it was a great experience i mean you know at the end of the day it it helped make me the wrestler to this day that i am you know i I wouldn't have uh i wouldn't have had the success that i had without uh that training you know 
As a wrestling fan and many other fans can attest, we hear stories about the dungeon, how they stretch you out and make you through like a thousand squats, air squats, before you even start locking up. Yep. Exactly how it is. Yeah, it's exactly how it is. And, uh, but you know, it just, what that does is too, um, I know why they do it. At first, you think, oh, they're just being jerks. They're just trying to be, no, it's not. They're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out who really, uh, who really wants it because 12 people uh, entered the camp when we started and only two finished myself and this other kid, uh, Brett Farrell, who uh, still wrestles as well up in Toronto. Um, So they do it to kind of weed people out because back in the day, not everybody that went to wrestling school made it. Um, It was still a lot of kayfabe uh, back then. They didn't want to smarten everybody up to the business. This is pre-internet and stuff like that. So they were still very picky and choosy on who they allowed on the other side of the curtain as far as, you know, outsiders. And uh, if you were kind of, you know, if you were serious about the business and if you treated it with respect, so they were, uh, you know, they didn't just let anybody back there. So I was very, very happy that, uh, you know, I stuck with it and, you know, did the hard work. They passed the gas and let me spark it up. Shot it, shot it, no, I'm with the action. I don't talk too much. These niggas goofy, so my pills to tough. Just cast the check at the bank and they ain't had enough. Yeah. I'm in the Ville where you can find me On 71st rolling the slug Moving product out the pub That's why they call me the plug yeah. I, had to, I had to let them know what's up yeah. Cause if it's up there Best believe it's stuck It ain't no doubt that a nigga getting paid but And that was a sample of Bad Boy Prince's new song Coolin' You can check it out on Apple Music Also on Automac It's a very talented artist he was also on episode nine of the People's Choice podcast. You can go back in the archives and watch that. Hope you all enjoy it. Now, back to the interview. So, so after that, you went on and you wrestled for uh, a few indies like Rocky Pro Wrestling, and yep. you went on to the WWF. How did that opportunity come for you? I, uh, I Well, I came from Canada. I had my first 10 matches out there. Um, you know, my, out of those 10, one of them was Jericho and one of them was Landstorm. Yeah. Um, so I got to work with a lot of world-class talent. Um, but then when I came back to Connecticut, um, again, I, I, I can't stress the importance so people could kind of understand. I didn't know anybody here, no promoters, no nothing. And this was pre-internet. So it's not like you can go on social media and kind of put yourself self out there and try to find promoters that are running locally. I didn't know anybody. So uh, I was getting frustrated that I wasn't working. So I took a chance and went to the old New Haven Coliseum for a WWE live event, still WWF back then. And uh, I just went there I mean, with my gear and uh, went backstage and said, uh, you know, my name is PJ. Um, you know, I was trained by the hearts, which helped, you know, mm-hmm. I think Brett and Owen were both on that show that night. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, uh, if you ever need anybody, I'm here. And they were kind to me. Let me stay and watch the show from the back. Um, so at the end of the show, I went to say goodbye and thank you for your hospitality. And, uh, they said, well, if you ever want to, uh, do, uh, you know, extra work for us, like do some jobs for us, we're starting a new show in Manhattan called Monday night raw, and we could use, uh, guys to, you know, to go down and work. So, uh, that's how I kind of got my foot in the door. Oh, that's that's a crazy just to think, yeah. you know, because that would never fly out, <laughs> you know, trying to right. go backstage. But that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you get to WF and you start off as uh, PJ Walker, right? 
And mm-hmm. then you, or can you explain the pitch of the Aldo Montoya character? Well, um, Aldo was really, uh, it was, they're just, you know, Vince hired me um, because I was Portuguese, but they were still kind of working ideas on what the Portuguese character Aldo would be. At first they mentioned uh, and they showed me a drawing of a soccer player, which they didn't do, obviously. Uh, And then the next one was Aldo. So, I mean, they really didn't pitch it to me. They just kind of said, this is what you're going to look like. And uh, they really, believe it or not, didn't give me a lot of direction. Um, I got my outfit like two hours before television. And um, that was it, man. You know, this is the first time I'd ever put the costume on and the first time I ever wrestled under a mask. So uh, it was all very, like, crazy and intimidating and scary, <laughs> you know? <laughs> is, it, is it true also that I heard that um, the Aldo mask and or costume isn't what was drawn up, so you kind of just like, what the heck, but then had to go out there and perform? Yeah, it was, it, it was what it was drawn up. It just looked a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, uh, when I saw it, like, you know, it just looked better, you know, I, I guess the girls, the way they, they did it was just, you know, not as, you know, cause the, the guy they drew up looked like a warrior, you know, like a, almost like a power ranger looked pretty badass. And this thing was kind of, the outfit itself was a bit flimsy, you know, the, the, the character in the drawing had big road warrior style shoulder pads. And these shoulder pads were cool, but they were kind of smaller and made out of foam and just didn't, didn't look like what, what I thought it was going to be. You know, I was a bit disappointed. Mm. And I heard you say in an interview before that you and Scott Hall and X-Pac and Shawn Michaels were really close. How yes. did that friendship start? And are you all still close to this day? Um, it just started with mostly uh, Scott and I. Because uh, when I started traveling and going on the road, I couldn't rent a car. And uh, at the time, we were doing a lot of the smaller towns. We were uh, still doing some high schools and college campuses and stuff. And, um, you know, one time uh, on my first road trip, as a matter of fact, uh, I couldn't rent a car. I didn't know anybody in the WWF yet. Um, And uh, I couldn't get a ride to the building. You know, I was at the airport and uh, I drove with uh, the agents, um, Tony Gurria and Chief Jay Strongwell. And uh, Razor asked me when I got there, he goes, who are you traveling with? And I said, uh, I came in with, uh, you know, Tony Gurria and stuff. And he goes, bro, you're going to get so much heat traveling with the office. He goes, from now on, if I'm on the same shows, you're coming with me. And I was like, okay, you know, um, it was cool. And uh, and then uh, when Sean and I, you know, when Sean was on those shows, I would just, I was, you know, just go with Scott. And that's when I got to meet up with Sean and, and Sean Michaels and Sean Waltman and those guys. Awesome. And are, are you guys still close? Because it's all documented, you know, with um, them being, you know, the click and stuff. Yeah. Um, Tom, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, I, I still talk to, uh, I haven't talked to Sean Michaels in a while, but I still talk to Waltman quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So in 1997, you asked for your release from WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Vince McMahon said no, but then sent you to Jerry Lawler's Memphis territory. Right. How to become a heel. Uh, what was it like working in Memphis? It was cool. Uh, I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, I, wa- I was uh, I wasn't making any money down there, which uh, was kind of it was hard because, you know, I was paying for an apartment in Connecticut, paying for my car in Connecticut. And then I was down there. I also had to pay for housing and a rental car. So I was really, you know, broke, uh, but, you know, cause we weren't making that much money in those days. 
Um, so I was paying for two places, playing for two cars. Um, and, uh, but it was okay. I learned a little bit, you know, not as much as I would have wanted to. Um, it was kind of a waste of time, and, but it was cool. I mean, I met Rocky Maivia, uh, the rock down there when he first came out of college and started doing wrestling. Uh, Dwayne was down there, uh, in USWA as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was fun. I got to meet some cool people. Uh, but on the last week I was there, um, you know, ECW was down there doing, uh, that angle with Jerry Lawler. And, uh, you know, I spoke to Chris Candido, who I was friends with, and, uh, he kind of convinced me to, to try ECW. And then Paul Heyman went to Vince and, uh, you know, got me released to him, you know, and that's how it started. Awesome. So what was your first thoughts of ECW? Cause I know probably coming from, you know, WF and, you know, even from the time the hearts were, you know, strictly wrestling technical and yeah. all this barbed wire fire t- uh, tables and stuff. What yeah. concern you a little bit or was you like, eh? I was concerned. Yeah. I was nervous to be honest with you. I'd be lying if I didn't. Um, it was, but I, I mean, I quickly learned that it was, you know, really no different than what I did. Um, you know, so it, it was a good experience, but yeah, at first I was really scared. I was apprehensive to say the least, you know? <laughs> and, uh, what was Paul Heyman like back then? Um, he was great, man. Uh, he was very charismatic, uh, really, you know, he gets a lot of credit for being a great booker, which he was. Um, but he, he was more of a, uh, in my opinion, he was a great motivator. Like he made you believe in yourself, especially in ECW because, you know, ECW was growing so much. Um, Paul still couldn't get a lot of the big names he wanted to because he couldn't necessarily afford them. You know, WCW was paying huge contracts and, and the, you know, the Monday night wars were starting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it was a little more challenging. So he had to take what he could so what he would do is he would just, you know, make you believe in yourself to a point where he just gave you the confidence and he believed in you, which, in, you know, in turn would, would help your performances. Like he'd talk you up and give you, give you these speeches that really made your confidence grow. And uh, just his belief in his kind of making you, you know, opening things up for you to succeed, like making it easier for you to succeed, uh, just made it, you know, made him like really cool and inspiring. You know, he's really, really cool to work for. Awesome. Are you guys keep in touch nowadays? Uh, I've, I haven't talked to him in a while since, uh, I mean, there's no heat or anything, but, uh, you know, since probably Vince's ECW, we haven't spoken. Okay. So what was your thoughts on the impact, uh, players tag team and what was it like winning the ECW tag titles? Um, I loved it. Uh, I mean, you know, Lance was really one of the first people I'd met in, in pro wrestling. So, um, you know, it was just a natural fit. Um, we were so comfortable with each other. We knew each other very well. And uh, what I think make the make it work for me, at least, I think for us as well, I think he feels the same way as uh, we were polar opposites in a lot of ways, although he taught me how to work um, the style that the hearts were teaching. Um you know, he was more technical. I turned out to become more of a brawler. Um, he wore tights. I wore the jean shorts and the t-shirts and stuff. I had more of an attitude um, where he was more serious. And uh, But then, like, mixing it together just made it for a perfect, like, you know what I mean? A perfect little, yeah. you know, what he, what he wasn't, I was. And what I was, he wasn't. So it kind of just like uh, yin and yang sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and winning the belts, winning the tag belts. I, I, I don't really even remember them. <laughs> remember winning them. I just remember, um, those are the first, it was the first title I ever won. And, uh, just, uh, just remember it being, uh, you know, a really good time for me in my career. You know, it's like, almost like you bring the belts home and you're like, this is really cool. You know, it's kind of a mark out moment. Mm-hmm. So one of your biggest moments in your career was winning the ECW world championship from Tommy. Yes. Kramer. Yes. What was that experience like? Uh, it was, uh, it's kind of when you, uh, you kind of realize that you've arrived at a certain level. I didn't find out until about two hours before I was supposed to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the show was either in intermission or close to intermission. And uh, in, in the backstage area, they just put your name on a piece of paper and they tape it to the wall, you know, and they Paul will write in pencil, you know, uh, who's wrestling who. And my name wasn't on there. And Lance and I were still tag champions, so I was like, "Huh, maybe you know we're, we got the day off, or we just have promos, whatever, you know, no big deal." Uh, so I was just watching the show, and then Paul's like, "Get dressed," and uh, you know, yeah, this. Then he let me know, and I was like, "Wow, okay," you know, I wasn't expecting that for sure. So uh, yeah, it was it was really cool because. You know, uh, even though wrestling is obviously a work and you're not really winning anything, mm-hmm. um, it does mean, though, that, you know, the promoter and the company believe in you enough to put you in the top spot, meaning you're going to main event pay-per-views. Uh, you're going to be on television representing the product and on a global scale, really, because we were growing so much, um, getting ready to move to TNN or if not already on TNN. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, it was just a really, really cool experience. And it's like, I finally made it. I mean, I would have never thought when I got into the, this business that I would ever be a world champion. You know, because there were only three world champions. There was WCW, ECW, and the WWE, of course. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was one of the one of the three world champions uh, in this in this continent and country. So uh, it was it was quite humbling. Oh yeah, definitely, and it had to be a great time too because you know over there in WCW and East and WF, you know your buddies uh, Scott and Kevin were running yep. things WCW, Sean was running yep. things in WF. You running things ECW, so yeah, it was crazy, cool. right? Yeah, and, it was it was actually really really crazy. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a wonderful time, and I wish it would have lasted. I wish you know WCW wouldn't have gone out of business, and I wish ECW wouldn't have gone out of business. You know, maybe things would have been different for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking of that, ECW going out of business, you wrestled on its last uh, show on January thirteenth, two thousand one. You faced Sandman, yeah. which was of course the final match. Uh, yep. Did you guys know it was going to be the final match before going on the show? Or? We did. Yeah, we did. I mean, we weren't really told um, per se, but everybody knew, um, you know, uh, even though Paul was telling us there was going to be, you know, they were going to be looking for, you know, TV and just a bunch of bullshit. We knew. We all knew. Because after the match, we had celebrated inside the ring with the whole locker room, kind of to say goodbye to the company. So, uh, yeah, we knew. Uh, we knew. Yeah. Writing was on the wall that bad. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. So you went back to WWF in February 2001. That's part of X Factor with Albert. Yep. And uh, X Pop. I said, what was the biggest, or I'm sorry, <laughs> what <laughs> what was uh, it like being back with uh, WWF after five years away? Um, it was fun. I mean, it was great. They had changed so much. Um, they were right, like coming out of the Attitude Era. I mean, still kind of in it. 
um it was you know business was was huge um when i had left they were actually not doing very well um you know house shows were down business was down that's when they had all those crappy gimmicks like you know duke Drozzi and you know all those bad gimmicks and my aldo was one of them you know um mm -hmm. and uh so coming back and just seeing like you know when I left stone cold was just starting to kick off and now the rock is, is blown up and Austin is the biggest star in the world. And everybody's just doing such great business. It was, it was electrifying. It was really cool. You know? Awesome. And I really liked it, that uh, X factor uh, tag team. And I loved your theme too. Cause it <laughs> a little bit, but I felt like, cause you guys had some great, great uh, matches with the Hardy boys. And I really yes. They broke you guys up way too soon to put you in the alliance faction. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, that sucked because I didn't want it. I mean, we were supposed to get the tag titles. Really? Um, at one point, yeah. And, um, you know, when they did the, uh, you know, the buyout of WCW, uh, it just, you know, I knew what was going to happen. And it was like, you know, they, they broke us up prematurely. Mm -hmm. And then being stuck in the alliance was just, you know, they wasted so many guys, you know. Uh, unfortunately, but there were so many, there was such an influx of all of a sudden you got to understand there were three main companies uh, in the beginning of 2001. Um, and in a couple of months, there, there was probably 300 jobs available full-time in pro wrestling. Now there's only, you know, half of those jobs went away and everybody's trying to compete for a roster spot in the WWF. I was just lucky to have a spot, you know, and uh, it was just a very, very hard time for the boys and well the boys the girls you know everybody that that's in the business it was just uh you know really hard for everyone you know because we lost two companies and a lot of guys didn't make the cut you know and it was a shame but we also had too many guys on the roster as well that's what i'm trying to say yeah and that, that alliance ain't um uh, really angle could have really taken off i think if they would have probably waited to yeah. some of the uh the bigger names and stuff and right and i would have I, I even further on that i agree 100 percent with you and i think if they would have waited or not waited if they would have kept wcw separate and ecw separate like a three like it wasn't for real like uh, all three promotions kind of uh you know fighting to get to a super bowl of wrestling sort of a thing like a three-way uh angle instead of just the alliance against wwe I thought that was kind of that watered it down a bit, even though it was a big angle and made a lot of money. I think it would have been even better if it was just more of an organic, natural progression of what the fans would have wanted to see, because they would have wanted to see more of the ECW stuff and more of the, you know, the bigger names from WCW, like you said, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really disappointed with that alliance thing because yeah. I just felt like they focused a lot on WCW guys, but the, a lot of the guys, a lot of people didn't really know too well, especially from right. WF fans. And right. the W, you guys were really big, especially, you know, from Connecticut. But right. like, you guys were like on the back burner, except for they, I think they pushed Van Dam. Was really Van Dam, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. It was like the Steve Austin show, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so your last three matches in W and O three was against uh Sean O'Hare, Batista, and Tess uh before being released. And I've heard all three of them could work pretty stiff or snug. Is that true? Um Test, yes. Uh O'Hare, yes. Batista, no. Uh he was a pussycat. I loved working with Dave. Yeah, Big Dave and I got along really well. We had really good matches. I liked working with Dave. He was he was really good. He was green. But uh, he was he was good. He showed a lot of potential right off. That was his debut match, as a matter of fact, on Raw. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, I liked working with Dave. You said O'Hare and, and Tess were definitely. Tess definitely, <laughs> big time. <laughs> Hated working with that dude. Nice, nice guy, but just mm. Jesus, begging you to lighten up a little bit. Oh yeah, there's there's some stories going around on the internet where they're like, man, Tess would not let up. He was just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it was so big too. Like you didn't realize how big you were, and you don't need to like kill people. You know what I mean? <laughs> but whatever, man. <laughs> Uh, so after your release, you wrestled for TNA and feuded with longtime ECW rival Jerry Lynn. What was that like wrestling with Jerry Lynn again? It was really cool. Uh, you know, we kind of picked up uh, where we left off. We uh, in that feud, we we had some really really good matches. I, I think we had a, uh, I think it was a last man standing match, if I'm not mistaken. That or either that or a chain match. One, of, we, but we had one of each. And those, those were really, really good matches. I, I loved working with Jerry. He was probably the guy that I had uh, the best matches with. So uh, it was it was fun. It was just, unfortunately, TNA wasn't paying anything. You know what I mean? It was just not a, a place to make money, you know? I, I mean, it was cool, you, but it was not a lot of money. I was going to ask you, what was TNA like back then? Was Dixie in charge by that time? Yes, yes, yeah. Dixie was in charge, yep. It was, it was still kind of rocky because people say good things about dixie but then some say bad things can you talk a little bit about dixie she was just uh you know she loved wrestling uh, but she was a bit of a mark um as far as like you know who she wanted and uh you know sometimes overpaying for talent more that was more so in the like 0809 era when she brought in hulk and all those guys or oh, whatever yeah. that year was mm-hmm. she just spent a ton of money on an unnecessary talent that wasn't really getting the job done and i think once they figured out that we could just schmooze dixie and you know get her to pay us you know a ton of money you know they can well actually i'm 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 misinforming you um when i was there for that feud with jerry jerry jarrett uh was still running it oh so i, I worked with dixie later on in like 2009 and and that uh, you know hardcore justice right yes yes yep absolutely okay what was Jerry Jarrett like? Because I've heard, I mean, I remember Bam Bam's talking about him, say he'll try to pay you with a hot dog and a Coke and yeah. <laughs> go on uh, about your day. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't uh, didn't deal with him very much, to be honest. Didn't, you know, never really ran into him. All right. So can you speak about your time in Wrestling Society X and what all went down with that? Um, I was only there for one show. I was there to tape the pilot episode. Um, and I mean, it was, it was well-organized. It was for MTV and, um, the, the production people from XPW actually were running it. So, um, I mean, it seemed well-organized, uh, and it sort of had the vision like of a Lucha underground before, you know, it's kind of ahead of its time a bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. They just had me on, like I said, they had me on the pilot episode and I knew I didn't come back for the rest of the season, which is a shame, but, um, you know, it's, I, I wish it would have been picked up, uh, cause at the time wrestling kind of needed another, you know, something else on TV cause it would have been good for the business, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was okay. I enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, Cause I remember seeing you there for the pilot episode. Yep. I remember seeing uh, Matt Seidel was there. And, yep. Uh, that's right. Vampiro, I think. And I yep. think Xbox too. So yeah, Pac was they, there. they had some people and I was just like, it just ended so quickly. I was like, dang. Yeah. I, and the ratings weren't bad either. I, I don't know what, uh, that was more of an MTV executive decision than I think anything with the wrestling people, you know? Okay. 
So then you return to WWE for ECW One Night Stand, which some fans call one of the best pay per views of all time, especially the first. Yeah. One. What yeah. Was that, what was that experience and atmosphere like? Because just watching on pay per view, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was certainly one of the best pay per views ever. Um, it was a it was just amazing to come back after you know four years or something like that mm-hmm. to uh, you know to the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, and the atmosphere. It was almost like we'd never gone away. And fans really, uh, you know, really wanted us back at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really initially supposed to be for one show. Um, but from the success uh, and the money it made on pay-per-view, um, from what I understand, it was one of the highest pay-per-views they'd had besides WrestleManias and like Royal Rumbles. Uh, mm-hmm. So it made them a lot of money. Um, you know, they made a lot of money on the house, and uh, which gave Vince the idea to bring it back as a whole in 2006. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really get received so well from fans, but I do remember nope. you wrestling uh, CM Punk on his first yes. uh, debut match. Now, Punk kind of has a reputation of either being an easygoing person or really hard to work with. What was your experience with him? Oh, he was great. Um, he, him and I had a really good match, uh, as a matter of fact, and he was so uh, happy with the way the debut went. He, he actually was crying, like choked up, you know, he was very emotional. So my dealings with Punk, and actually we had a rematch of that or first match too on the ECW show uh, for Vince. Um, yeah, he was great. I mean, the, the, the Punk I got was great. I couldn't say a bad word about him, but uh, I'd heard similar things too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah. No, but with me, he was fine. Awesome. That's good. You got the good pump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you ever wrestled anyone that you that didn't want to put you over, which is extremely difficult to work with ever? Hmm. Not really. Not really. The one time, uh, which I found kind of weird, uh, and I never had problems with them before, was uh, one time uh x-pac and i were going over on the apa mm-hmm. and i had worked with bradshaw a million times um literally at house shows and uh even back when he was justin hawk bradshaw and i was aldo and we always had good matches worked very good together and for some reason I, and we wrestled in baltimore on smackdown and uh him and ron beat the hell out of us for no reason and because uh, i think it was they weren't happy that they had to put us over uh i mean you know because they did that with um who was a public enemy before too right yeah something like that yeah i mean it wasn't too bad but it was bad enough that when i walked to the locker room you know kid was busted up in the mouth and in the nose he's bleeding and uh you know ron like dropped me on my head you know Mm -hmm. and uh taker's like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine no problem you know like you know i didn't sell it but uh yeah one of those things. It's, it's funny you bring up Taker because um, you actually go way back with Taker. I even heard you—you yeah. you were uh, t- helping him train and get ready for the Faker Taker match that he had. Yeah, yeah. What's your yeah, thoughts on Taker? Oh, he's he's a great dude. I go back with him from the very beginning, from my beginning in '93. So Mark and I have always uh, been good, always gotten along. You know. Awesome. Yeah. So, who was one of the best guys that you you work with and that you love working with? Since I, you know, not the stiffest ones or one. Sure. Um, loved working with the Hardys, uh, especially Matt. Matt and I had uh, a lot of good matches. Um, 
who else? I mean, obviously, I, all the guys from ECW I loved working with. Loved working with Sabu. Loved working with uh, Shane Douglas. Um, let me see. Who, who do I like working with in the WWE? Like I said, I loved working with Batista, which kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stone Cold and I actually had a bunch of good house show matches uh, right before he uh, turned babyface, uh, right around the time where he uh, wrestled Jake Roberts at the famous King of the Ring 316 promo. Mm-hmm. I worked with him a lot right before that. I loved working with him. So, you know, those are my guys right there. Awesome. Great, great names are in there. <laughs> yeah, right. I was blessed, dude. I got to work with with a lot of legends. I mean, I worked with Taker before. I worked with Mister Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with Razor. I worked with Razor actually in ECW, which a lot of people don't remember. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I when I was when I was world champion, he came in and uh, wanted to work with me. Up, you know, which was cool. Got to work uh, for a match with Shawn Michael, uh, Shawn Michaels as Aldo when he was IC champ, um, which was cool. I mean, I got to work with everybody. The only guy I never worked with was Flair that I wanted to work with, you know? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you mentioned Flair because I remember um, hearing your interviews before where you said sometimes you will call your matches. You will say, let's do the Flair Steamboat thing. It's a shame Mm -hmm. that you guys never got to wrestle. I know. I know. Well, well, maybe another life. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, you will. You also work with uh, ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, before. Yeah, yeah. For their uh, promotion, the W, the JWC. How yep. was it working with them? It was. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, unorganized a bit, you know. Um, they'd always have their festivals like in the middle of nowhere, so those like, you know, just horrible locker rooms and you know, just waiting all day to wrestle, uh, you know. But I did get to wrestle Muda. Uh, yeah. You know the great Muda for great them, Muda, so yeah. that was that was fun. Awesome, that yeah, was I fun. They, I seen they got on uh, YouTube the match you had with Vader too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was that was right before he passed away, not too long ago, at least. Yeah. So you had a retirement match too with Tommy Dreamer in 2015. What made you believe that that was it? You know, when you're in this business, like it's weird. It's hard to. You know, because the business after a while just doesn't wasn't paying the bills, and it makes it really hard to to get a job and to still wrestle. You know, because people always ask you questions, and you're like, all of a sudden, you know, why is Justin Credible working like a regular job? You know, so it's really hard to do both, uh, especially if you're recognizable. And I am, I, mean, I certainly am in this area, mm-hmm. so I always had a difficulty with that. You know, and some, you know, and then shit gets out. It's on the internet. And it's embarrassing, and people will call you at work. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll prank you and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, my career's pretty much coming to an end. Maybe I will call it a day here and just move forward, you know, kind of to start on a new path. And, you know, the minute you do that, all of a sudden something pops up and you're like, well, I, I was retired for a year, but you know, somebody <laughs> offered you some money. So let's go and rest. It's, you know what? It's like Terry Funk's retired a million times. I'll, I'll probably die in the ring or something like that. You'll, you'll know once a wrestler, always a wrestler. And as long as I mean, I'm still healthy. I'm 47. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll probably wrestle for for as long as I can. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I was gonna I was gonna say the time only lasted about a year because then you wrestled yeah. for CZW and ECW. Yeah. Yep. What was it like coming back after a one year off though? Was it like oh first day taking bumps again? 
It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You know, not, not too bad. You can't complain, you know. It's probably good I took a year off, you know. And um, I love your YouTube channel, by the way, the wrestling. Oh, thank uh, you. Pro Wrestling 101. You drop so much knowledge to inspiring wrestlers um, who's looking to get into the business. But yeah, have you ever thought maybe one day to be like a trainer, like for maybe like an NXT or if they if it was ever even offered or any other organization? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I would love to do that um, um, right now. I mean, unfortunately, it hasn't presented itself, but I would certainly love to do that. Absolutely. You know, I would love to do that for uh, AEW, you know, but I don't think they, I think they actually have their, you know, Cody has QT Marshall down there. So uh, they have their own thing. And I don't know if I'd want to move to Tampa to, to go be part of the NXT thing. Cause you know, my kids are all up here and you know, my, my oldest is in college. So we're pretty well, we're based in this area. So it would be, it'd be rough, mm -hmm. you know, but never say never. I mean, if they would have me, I would certainly consider it you know true because i mean i just i learned a lot from watching it you know from yeah. the locker room etiquette from uh putting guys you know over like i mean it's it was great so yeah a lot of people like those and uh we actually have a, a podcast version of that up now actually on vince russo's uh the brand which is free by the way but uh yeah we have a podcast version of those up as well Awesome. That was asking my next uh, question. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you have a podcast, you know, we review uh, AEW Weekly on Vince Russo's brand. What's it like working with Vince? Because he's literally the most controversial or one of the most controversial figures in wrestling business. Uh, but personally, I just think it's like Kevin Nash said, he just misunderstood. What's it like for you? He is, man. Uh, I didn't know Vince that well. Um, he, he hit me up. Um, out of the blue when AEW started and I've literally reviewed every AEW dynamite um, and he's one of the kindest most gentlest people he's so good to me uh, pays me well to do the podcast um, and just always there as a friend and I, I think people just love to you know he loved to hate him for you know just because he booked some bad wrestling in WCW um, or in, or in TNA doesn't make him a bad person. And I just think that a lot of times uh, people just love to mess with it. You know what I mean? It's like, they just, mm -hmm. they, they're still talking about stuff that happened 20 years ago. So it's like, for me, my experience is a, uh, he's a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. I love him. Awesome. Yeah, because I just watched this interview not so long with Chris Van Vliet and chopped you, Chris Van Vliet. When you see this great guy, he said, you're Yeah, I got to. <laughs> yeah, oh, that? right on. Nice. And, um, I, I literally don't understand the hate on him because, like, he goes in details of like why he booked things this way and trying to pop ratings. But people want to say he killed WCW or he, yeah. he was responsible for killing Owen, and it's like. It's just so unfair. You know? Yeah, it's it's very unfair. And a lot of people talk when they don't know. And after talking to him and, and working with him, reviewing the show, I, I could see why he thinks the way he does and why he does things the way he does. Because he books, um, he tried to book wrestling. He doesn't book anymore, obviously, but he tried to book wrestling like a television show with different, you know, different ideas and stuff. And, you know, that's it. I mean, it's... I don't know. I never booked a show, so I couldn't tell you. But uh, a lot of his stuff made sense, at least when he communicated them to me about like how AEW was not, at times, booking to uh, increase ratings mm -hmm. and such. So I mean, I, I you know, and he's admitted to uh, dropping the ball at certain times, of course, uh, with certain angles. But you know, only human. You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And it is only wrestling. I don't know why people take it so uh, so personal. 
I, I, you know, I have no idea. And I mean, I grew up a wrestling fan my whole life, and I love it and respect. Will never disrespect wrestlers or the business, but some people are just over the top. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. You know. The- <laughs> so you've reviewed every episode of Dynamite since this week, uh, since it really existed. What do you feel mm-hmm. they're strongest at, and what do you feel they need to improve on the most? Um, I I think their strongest. Uh, I mean, they have good wrestling. Uh, I think their main event programs are very good. They have a lot of talented wrestlers. They're, I love their broadcast as far as being live on TNT. It gives it a an exciting feel. It almost reminds me of Nitro. Um, it just, you know, it's 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 so much. It's so different than WWE, um, which excites me. What I don't like is the matches are a bit too long for me. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they're so predictable, like they'll give you, you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody that's, you know, is going to win against, uh, a Joey Janela and that's fine. But like, I don't want to go 16 minutes and know exactly who's going to go over. Why do you have to go 16 minutes and then give me the finish that I'm expecting anyways. And they do that all the time. Like I wouldn't mind it if I, you know, I, of course, you know, who's going to go over at times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, don't drag it out to a 16, 17-minute segment and then give me the finish anyways that we all expect. That's a bit frustrating. And I think they need to, uh, you know, just kind of uh, one thing I don't like that they do uh, is, you know, you'll see someone like a Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's, he's looking good, looks like he's going to be a contender and make a run for it. Then you don't see him on Dynamite for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I think they need to take their stars and they need to feature them on every episode to continuously build them and the storylines so fans don't have to think so hard. It's like sometimes like we will see somebody and then they disappear and then they bring them back and we're supposed to remember all these people. Like I, there's like private party. Yeah. yeah. Like they just dis- disappear and so many other top flight, they just disappear yeah. and uh, they make the audience sometimes work too hard to remember these things. Um, they should do like WWE does get your core guys and keep them, keep them going, make them stars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you uh, keep up with uh, WWE as much or not really? Not really. No, not really. No one show, one show a week's enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, look, don't get me wrong. If, if there was something, uh, you know, that I would like to see, I would watch. Um, unfortunately, just nobody's really exciting me at the time. And it's not because they're not good. They're all the, the men and women are very good. Just uh, their storylines just right now are nothing's, you know, I don't know, nothing's really hitting me, you know? Same. same. Uh, so yeah. Shout out to uh, Solid Monster because he sits through like, AEW Raw SmackDown NXT and and all. And yeah, I don't know how he does it, but he keeps me updated because I don't watch all of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. It is very hard. It is definitely. So, uh, Justin, one thing that I love um, about my show is that I try to get or try to keep it as positive as possible, and I love uh, quotes or phrases and stuff. So, what's a quote that you really love during either the good times or bad times? Hmm. No amount of money can ever buy a second of time. Like that. Yes. <laughs> Say that one more time for me. No amount of money could ever buy a second of time. Basically, use your time, enjoy, enjoy your time because you know, you can never buy it no matter how rich you are. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
So for all my uh, peep, I call my audience my peeps, but for all my peeps, uh, where can they find you or contact you at, Justin? Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, just follow me on uh, Twitter at PJ Polacco. Same on Instagram at PJ Polacco. And of course, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Just Incredible. I have like 20 shirts, both ECW style and old, you know, old school and new school. So uh, if you're into that, check it out. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Just Incredible. And that's it. Awesome. Thank you for That's the interview, good. Justin. I truly appreciate it. Uh, and good luck, you know, with podcasting and hopefully, you know, wrestling again once everything opens up again from the pandemic. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. No problem. Thank you, Justin. Awesome. Have a great day, my friend. You too.